Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. A cautionary tale. Listen to what they say, then do the opposite. Your hosts, Colin Flynn and John M. Craig. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. It's hosted by two guys that have never met in real life. I'm one of those guys. My name is Colin Flynn. I live in Iowa, and my co-host, Mr. John M. Craig. I am John M. Craig, and I live wherever I am, and right now I'm in Brooklyn. (laughs) Okay, and uh, you mentioned uh, as we were texting back and forth, setting this up a little bit, that uh, you were riding your bike after getting a haircut. This is right. This is correct. I I went, uh, yeah, I really wanted a haircut today. Uh, You know, I had... My hair really long. I was wearing the man bun. Hadn't cut it in almost two years. Got it cut in September. Haven't gotten it cut since September, which, you know, it's a solid, what is that, a solid four months? Yeah. You know, five months. So I just uh, set up an appointment, went, and it's uh, fairly short for me. And uh, I feel good. I feel, I haven't taken a shower shower yet, and I like to take a shower. The one, one thing that was fascinating about this, uh, random, found this place. I've passed it a number of times. Um, and, uh, the hairstylist name was, is Galloway. Mm-hmm. And I made the appointment for John Craig, my first name and my last name. Her father's name is John Craig. She yeah, thought her dad right. was like messing around, but his last name isn't Craig. His oh, first name is John. His middle name is Craig. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, but even so, I mean, it was a little like odd for her to be like, why John Craig, you know? Did you so, tell her she could call you daddy at any point? Did that come I out did. It, no, as a matter of fact, no. When I left her a tip, like this is a, a, a nice salon, you know, I left her a tip. There are these little tip envelopes and it says to and from. Mm-hmm. You know, I wrote to Galloway from John Craig in parentheses, not your dad. <laughs> that, that seems less creepy, but now in retrospect, that also seems creepy. Yeah. Well, you said thanks a lot. You said daddy. That would yes, that creep, creep. That would that would have been there. Right. Yeah. Galloway, and that's she just goes by a single name. Well, that's her surname, and then her first name is different, but she doesn't go by her first name because when here's when you work in a salon, in a hair Mm -hmm. salon, um, if 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 you're Colin and you show up at the hair salon and there's another hairstylist or hair colorist named Colin they will you have you use another name sure, because yeah. a lot of a lot of people don't know their hairstylist first and last name right right so you to make it easier you don't want to get confused you don't want to book it with the wrong colin yes i've got cedric yeah. and that's i have no idea what cedric's last name is right and right and there might be another cedric in there but that cedric doesn't go by cedric because cedric is not having that you know what i'm talking about kylon if you oh, went yeah. to that salon and there was a colin there isn't probably you'd right. be kylon yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it should be okay. Yeah. So, so it's been a minute for us. Uh, we haven't done this in like probably what since 2016 uh, <laughs> or so. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's it's been a while. We've had uh, life uh, kind of got in in the middle there for for uh, the two of us. Oh, I thought that the, the Trump shut us down. I thought we were shut down. Yeah, we, we, the <laughs> we were government funding in during the. Yeah. If the government's not working, fuck it. No, we're not, we're not working. Here. Fuck we're it. It's I'll solidarity, yo. I, I felt bad because a lot of those, it sounded like, and I was confused by it, uh, that the, a lot of those government people were just, they were continuing to go to work and were expected to go to work. And I heard uh, one guy uh, somewhere uh, being interviewed towards the, the uh, end of last week that said that uh, he was having people that were, and it was uh, some sort of a federal prison. He said he, he had people that were uh, calling in and saying that they didn't have gas money. And I uh, couldn't make it work because they didn't have gas money. I thought, well, yeah, fuck, they wouldn't have gas money. How the right. fuck do you expect them to, to show right. up? And why, you know, I understand. Yeah. They, most all of them were assuming this shit's going to end. I'm going to get a big check. And uh, they're just trying mm. to get, get their way through it. Right. Which, you know, would have been right. incredibly difficult for a lot right. of people, I'm sure. Right. Um, yeah, it would seem that the one percenters or uh, the elites that make a lot of money who are in government uh, who are, do not realize that a lot of America lives check to check. 
Oh yeah, yeah. And and the guy that uh, whatever there was some Wilbur Ross. Was he was he the guy that made the I don't know why you don't go just get a loan. Get a loan, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like fuck mm-hmm. you, dude. You know right. you don't you're yeah you're clueless. You, you don't know how, how people you, you know you don't want to walk into a bank, mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. and expect them to just give me you know you can yeah hey, float me you know a couple grand you right. know to get through the week. That's nobody's going to do that. I mean that was just you know right. Uh, a goofy way to uh, to expect people to have to to live, but uh, I guess so. So uh, obviously, the government shutdown has nothing to do with our little break or little hiatus. No. It was not a planned hiatus or break, but uh, so you've had some real life uh, shit go down. Yeah, I was uh, stabbed by an by an Asian dude. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is is his ethnicity and and race important here? Uh, it's really not. Uh, was he tiny? He, he, no, was he a little actually, man? No, he's actually a, um, a, a no, uh, not any stereotypical uh, small <laughs> small Asian guy. He's, that he's didn't, like, no, okay. Is there is some level face. of truth in this in what you're saying? Actually, um, I was I was cut uh, <laughs> with a very sharp <laughs> okay. instrument. Yes, uh, scalpel in this case. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, a very well educated Asian man. Yes, uh, quite quite uh, quite right. well educated. Um, although uh, I gotta I gotta say after after I talk to him you know uh before uh you know after all of that stuff uh i get the feeling a little bit uh there's a savant uh, thing going on with this guy that is uh he's got this thing that he does this one thing that he does and i think he's really fucking good at it um i'm not sure though he can tie his shoes uh otherwise i I think Mm -hmm. uh, i think he's got a lot of people running interference for him and uh he's he's very high on a pedestal uh, at the uh, institution uh, wherein he does his work uh, and uh I, I, if there was an apocalypse that, that went on i uh, i don't know that we'd have a, a lot of instant use for this guy we'd, we'd want maybe to have him around for uh, you know surgical sake at some point but um i think just in the grand scheme of things as far as usefulness by by an individual by a human being um uh maybe i'd rather have uh, somebody that brewed really good beer uh, as well, okay so but what he did for you uh are, are you glad that he was the one doing the work yeah, yeah, I am. Okay. And uh, as mm-hmm. I, you know, after uh, checking out, uh, I you know should have maybe done more uh, homework about this, and uh, was talking about the procedure. Uh, apparently, this place where where this hospital where I had the procedure done uh, was it's one of uh, a very few actually places in the United States where you can uh, get this done. They're not very widespread. There's a bunch of states where there aren't there is actually no place where you can have it done where they've got the skill set there to have it have it performed. As a matter of fact, the um, nurse that I was talking to in the uh, uh, intensive care unit where I was overnight uh, said that the uh, previous patient they had had for this uh, was uh, somebody that had uh, traveled from Kentucky mm-hmm. to have the procedure done wow. in Iowa. So um, he, you know, I think he's, he's highly regarded and uh, is uh, is a uh, is a guy that's uh, respected in his, in his field and everything. It's just, you know, you, you, when you, you, you try to have a conversation with these people uh, that's, you know, not related a hundred percent to what we're talking about you know let's let's talk about your condition they can do that but outside of that you, you kind of get the feeling sometimes there's 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 not a lot of uh, of extra substance there is what i'm saying sure sure they're not necessarily grounded in reality and practicality yeah, yeah, and they, yeah. he's, he's the the head of this big department you know this mm-hmm. this uh, this uh, uh you know this wing that's doing heart surgeries and stuff and he's he's the grand poobah of all this and uh just him walking around with his general uh, de- demeanor and what he's you know the people that he's dealing with and watched him give instructions to people it was uh something to behold he was uh he was definitely uh you know, the people getting out of his way doing what he says and getting out of his way quickly uh, because uh I, apparently he's uh, for, fairly short with uh with people if they if things don't go his way the way he, the way he's instructed things to go, but everything, so, you know, everything did, it went great. Everything went fine. So you now, if if you can maybe dial it back a little bit uh, with mm-hmm. it, so um, it, you you had not had any medical issues prior to what about a year and a half ago? Two years ago in March is when this uh, atrial fibrillation, an irregular heartbeat, was uh, was uh, diagnosed through. I just simply got my you know, just nurse at a doctor's office, just you know taking my pulse. Said this sounds a little weird. It feels a little weird. So, and, so uh, you had never like up until that point in your life, you had not had taken any medication other than maybe like an Advil, a Tylenol, that and such, right? You'd never been medicated other than recreational but that's not medicinal that's something else yeah other than uh, you know 12 pack of alcohol here and there and your choice your choices Uh, 
You were in the radio industry. We know you did stuff. All right. Yeah, yeah there, there were some, yeah, some yeah. things like that for sure. But no, I was, uh, I lived a uh, uh, prescription-free, uh, you know, healthy sort of life and had been involved with a lot of athletics and stuff like that, you know, trying to, uh, you know, do everything that they tell you as far as, you know, trying to keep fit and all that stuff. Uh, um, and uh, probably uh, more so than most people would, would ever get to you know, as far as running marathons and things like that. But uh, it, uh, yeah, so I, I was, yeah, nothing really going on until then. And then, and, and then you, so you had um, some procedures, you didn't, you got the little, I'm going to not describe it well, but like a little kickstart your heart kind of deal going? Well, when they try to get you back into the, the the main method, when they try to get you back into into rhythm, they want your heart beating in, in a normal rhythm. What's called a sinus rhythm. There's two ways they can do that. One is to give you uh, some sort of drug that will will do that. Uh, those drugs are hard on you, and so they they want to be very judicious in the way they they uh, you know hand those things out, depending on you and your age and your your condition, all of that stuff. Uh, I didn't want to be dependent on the drug route, so they were uh, trying to get uh, me back into the right rhythm. The other route. The other route is to just snap you back into rhythm, is to uh, just to you know do the uh, the paddles that you know give you the uh, the electrical charge to your heart, which uh, zaps you and uh, puts you back into into rhythm. And th- we we tried some of those methods for uh, and went back and forth for this has been uh, like I said going on almost two years. And uh, so the other method is to uh, they would. Uh, uh, so so the uh, um, other method would be for them to. Uh, uh, you know, to uh, uh, do this ablation thing, which is where they burn you uh, on the inside of the heart first, then, uh, which is uh, to reroute the electrical uh, fields and form. And uh, then the other method uh, was to, uh, which I had done the last, this last thing, and hopefully the final thing, which is where they did the ablation on the outside. So, um, so yeah. what does that entail? So, I mean, you sent me a picture while you were in the hospital. And uh, so, so you you ha- they schedule the procedure, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, you have to like not eat. Do you have like certain things like no food or or anything like that? Like, how's it work? You mean prior to this? Prior to the procedure, like like uh, you yes, sent the like, picture, and it was like, whoa, that's a little disconcerting. That thing in your neck, and then you're like, and then you told yeah. me what they did, and I was like, whoa, that sounds scary. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, well, to burn the outside of your heart, what they have to do is they, they t- uh, I didn't send you a picture of this, but they just slice a hole in you and, and you're uh, underneath your rib cage, right at your rib cage, mm. the middle of your rib cage down, mm-hmm. they slice a hole in you that's uh, a couple inches long and then they, they insert a tube in there and then they stick their robotic stuff in through the tube and then um, they go up in the, to the backside of your heart and they actually burn the backside of your heart with a laser. And so, uh, yeah, that's basically how it works. And, uh, and then they pull all that stuff out and and uh, they don't sew you back up, but they glue you back, glue you back shut, and uh, and you're, you, know, you have a tube that uh, sticks out of you for the next day to drain some stuff out. But yeah, it's, it's so they go in, they burn it, they come back out. So today is Sunday, January twenty seventh, when we're recording this. And uh, so when did you go in? I had, <clears throat> excuse me, had it done last Friday. Okay, and then so, and how long were you in the hospital? I was in uh, two days when uh, okay. overnight. Uh, I did it on that Friday, and then I was uh, overnight Friday and Saturday, and got out late in the day on Sunday, and uh, chilled out for a couple of days. I was back to work on Wednesday. Was so, that a full day at work on Wednesday, or eh, you know, I was you no, know, I didn't wasn't there exactly all day, but I kind of hung around for you know most of the day and. Uh, uh, Wednesday, Thursday. So, yeah, I worked after the week. So it wasn't, I mean, as far as recovery out of it and all that stuff, uh, pretty good. Not bad. So it's how do you, how, like, so how do you feel now? Do you feel back? Do you feel 100%? I mean, we got out of sorts. No, I think it's going to take a while to feel 100%. I think as far as the, the as far as the heartbeat and all that stuff, everything is, is perfect there. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, no problems. But, um, as far as the, uh, you know, just, you know, you got a, a couple inch incision, uh, that, uh, is, uh, healing up. The other part that's weird is when they do that incision, they, um, on your breastbone, on your breastplate at the bottom of that, there's a little, you know, that little pointy thing that's called your xiphoid process. And, uh, they actually mowed off the uh, tip of the xiphoid process. Wait, uh, where, where is the xiphoid process? <laughs> Because I, that would be a great podcast name. I mean, maybe yes. yeah. Yeah, the, we use the xiphoid process to uh, to uh, take care of our of our podcast. Uh, no, it's uh, yeah, the middle of your your breastplate. There's a in between your ribs. There at the bottom. There, there's that pointy thing. You know, there's some. I think like, some people it, it's more pointy. Other people, it's rounded. Maybe isn't that the solar plexus above it? 
Uh, yeah, well, it's the bone. The solar plexus, I think, is that spot maybe in the middle there. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I, think I, know, I think I know what you're talking about. Well, yeah. So they, they, and they just to get a better shot at where they're going to, they want a, a nice flat trajectory. And so they, they cut that off, actually. And that feels a little bit. Oh, boy. It's, uh, it's coming back together. It's, uh, but it's healing nicely. Sure. But, yeah. So the wound, wound's looking good. Everything's good. And uh, Did your family treat you differently for the last week and a half? <laughs> Have they been? I, yeah, I've been laying around a lot more. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just watched, uh, I just binged, uh, the, I think, most of the first season of uh, an HBO thing called The Crashing. Which, uh, I love Crashing. I'm already caught up. It's a, uh, yeah, love that show. What do you think? Uh, like I said, season one, uh, it's, it's been fun to watch because there's a lot of comedians on there and mm-hmm, stuff that mm-hmm. uh, have these little cameo shots yep. and stuff. And some of these guys, um, uh, I, I, you know, I was aware of uh, Artie mm-hmm. Lang. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his of, nose is so hard to look at. When you he's look at the show there, and the, which wasn't that long ago, and I'm looking at the show, and his nose is, is it keeps getting worse because it, it's kind of progressively looking mm-hmm, in season mm-hmm. one, looking a little mm-hmm. bit. In uh, season three, worse. it's awful. Yeah, so um, hard to watch. I, which yeah i'm like how in the hell mm-hmm, did that mm-hmm. and i know it's years of, of abuse that was just starting to happen right. mm-hmm. and uh they actually even joke about it in season one uh, one of the other characters right. gives some shit about it and uh but yeah, yeah bill so, burr is on the show i'm trying to think uh keith uh, robinson there's a lot of like fucking uh, sarah silverman yeah. i mean it I, so it's judd apatow is the executive producer of the show, co-creator with Pete Holmes, who's the comedian, and Pete Holmes is this gangly, giant, six-foot-six comedian who is really just basically that character is him, like this genuine religious guy who comes to New York and, like, Mm -hmm. becomes a comic. And I think it captures, and basically when he comes to New York, he starts doing comedy, and he's, after he has, like, this breakup with his wife, and he gets, he literally crashes on comedians' couches. As he's trying to get through and navigate through this terrible breakup and just, he's so hokey and, and genuine and sweet, but he's such a dork. And it, it, I think it captures what the journey is to be a stand-up comic, the ups and the downs of it. Yeah, and uh, this gives you a really, I think, a really uh, good view of the New York angle, the, the mm-hmm. New York side of it. Yeah, uh, yeah it's great. It's great. So you binge watch that. I, I highly recommend catching up. Yeah, and uh, it's been. I was making the reference to you riding your bike around because you, it's been uh, it's been warm weather uh, in Manhattan. You're telling me, or in the well uh, in Brooklyn. I mean, I'm I'm in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. You, you know, my ritual for the week is to um, I work Monday through Friday, so I and I work long hours. I typically work a, a minimum of uh, 14 hours a day, like. I'm not doing heavy lifting and working for all of those 14 hours, but I'm on the clock. Mm-hmm. So it ends up being anywhere between a minimum 65 hours a week, Monday through Friday, to about 76, 77 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Last week, I think, was about 74. And we finished late on Friday at like 3. I was off the clock at 3 a.m. I literally walked in at 3 a.m., Bars are open until 4 a.m. I walked a block and a half, got two vodka sodas, then went up and hung out with a couple people, had another couple of drinks. Next thing you know, it's like 9.30 in the morning, and I'm like, oh, fuck, it's bright. I felt like a vampire, like a vampire zombie, and I was just like, what the fuck did I... But I was like, I just wanted to be a grown-up and fucking hang and have a good time, and I did, and and then I went home, and my roommate so i stay in greenpoint um and 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 it was it was a decent it's like it's been a pretty mild winter for us for the most part we've had a couple of days but nothing stupid and uh and then when you get home at about 9 nine thirty in the morning you don't do well you you need to go to sleep and i woke up at like two thirty in the afternoon which not bad and then i go home and i'm home for less home as in my ex-wife's pool house second floor nice uh-huh does your ex-wife have a pool house? Fuck you. Don't judge me. So I um, I saw my daughter. I saw Kylie. She and I went to a sushi place. We had sushi. We both ate way too much. Uh, then I dropped her off at her boyfriend's. Don't want to talk about that ever again. Um, and then And then I had to pick her up like an hour later and drive her to her other friend's house. I didn't have to, but I said it was okay, and she did a sleepover. Then I picked her up at 9 o'clock in the morning, and we had... We ate this morning, barely spent any time with Cameron, barely saw my ex-wife, did laundry, and then by about 
2, 3 o'clock, I was back in Brooklyn. I got a haircut, and here I am. But over that period of time, you know, my roommate, my roommate, Kat, remember the one that, uh, remember I locked myself in the closet? I do remember you doing that. Yeah, and and she came in, and she let me out, and she she patted me on the head and said, you're an idiot. Well, she had a birthday on um, Saturday, and she had a birthday party Saturday night, but I was out, I was working until 3 a.m., so the party had already happened. By the time I had gotten back, there was like this trail of, there's a party, happy birthday sign on the wall. The bottle of gin that I had gotten her was like, there was like maybe about two shots left in the bottle. Jam- bottle of Jameson's knocked off. A bunch of beers, beers that I had, beers that they had. And, was like, and there was like there was literally birthday cake in the shower stall. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a good fucking time. Um, but there's this other thing that's going on. I don't know if you, you know, I know, you know, I got locked in the closet. That was a couple of weeks ago. Well, it turned out that one morning last week, I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday, 6 o'clock in the morning, I've got to pick someone up at 6.15. It's 6 o'clock. It only takes me like five minutes to get to this person. My van is parked right on the other side of the front door to the building. The door would not open. I was locked inside the building. I was having a panic attack. I called my boss. I'm like, hey, um, just letting you know, I'm really close. My van's on the other side of the door, but I just, I literally got locked. I'm locked in the apartment. Like, if there was a fire, I might be dead right now. So I went back upstairs. I woke her up. She doesn't have to wake up for like another three hours. I'm like, Kat, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I fucking got locked in the fucking closet while recording my podcast. <laughs> now, at this point, she and I have talked, we've hung out. Things have never gotten weird where it's progressed, but there were a couple of things I don't want to talk about. But yeah, nothing. There was like a... a all right, it's not for our audience, okay? <laughs> if if Hey, if someone wants to start a fucking Patreon and start giving me money, not you, Matthew Cunningham in D.C., I will tell this story, but it's a non-story. And you'd be like, what's wrong with you? Why didn't you? Because I don't want to get in trouble because it's pretty hacky to try to make moves on your 32-year-old roommate when you're my age and... You know, it's hacky, but nothing has happened. But we've connected a little bit more, you know what I mean? But I still felt bad waking her up. I, uh, she came down, and uh, she got a butter knife. But unfortunately, the locking mechanism, the butter knife, she would have had to have been outside the building to kind of, you you know, push through the locking mechanism because that's the way it was. And so I said, do you have a, a screwdriver so we can take off the the doorknob? She went back upstairs, got the screwdriver, took it off, blah, blah, and then we sort of pushed the doorknob out and then popped it. I got out. I felt very relieved, got in the van, picked up, and I said to her, I, I'm, after I do my pickup, I can come back and put the door back together. She said, no, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Okay, fine. Later that day, I go to pick up an actress who literally lives three, like three blocks away from me, parked in front of her place. I was half an hour early, and I walked back to the building that I'm staying in to use the bathroom. There are three men in the doorway fixing the door. It's like an 80-year-old Italian guy, male pattern baldness, white hair, wireframe glasses, really nice cardigan, in very little English. Two guys around my age, maybe mid to late 40s, 50, uh, who look similar to the father, but they're younger and American. But, you know, Italian, but they have American accents, New York accents. They're fixing the door, and I kind of look at them. They look at me. They don't know who I am. I'm not on the lease, right? Um, and I'm just like, I hold my key out like, this is the key, but the door's not there anymore. Hey, I'm just going upstairs to use the bathroom. I just live up there. Like, they asked me, are you Airbnb? I'm like, no, no, and I'm not. And and I go upstairs and, and uh, use the bathroom, and then I leave. I didn't really talk about the door lock. I saw the, the one of the people that lives on the second floor. There are, like, I think three, three or four apartments. I think there's, like, a ground floor apartment, a couple with a baby. I've never seen them. There's the second floor that has a couple, and then they may have a bunch of people that stay there. And then there's this floor with Kat, my roommate who lives here. She has the two-bedroom by herself. And then there's and me staying here for the month of January. Um, and... They just kind of were asking me questions. I heard the woman on the second floor come down, and she said, um, you know, I was locked 
out of the apartment for like an hour. So at least I felt I had validation that I'm not just a complete retard when it comes to, oh, I shouldn't use that word, um, when it comes to do- locking <laughs> shit, you know? Like, I fucking locked myself in a fucking closet. I don't know if people pay attention to that, okay? But I also live in my ex-wife's pool house, second floor. Fuck you. Um, not you, Colin. Them. Um, but, and so, the next four days, I see this guy... Benito, the landlord, who has put up like two signs, no Airbnb, no room share, res- dear residents, no, but you know, he's like stalking. I think he's got a basement apartment. I think he lives in Long Island. Like he sits on the stairs. He's difficult, and he can. Well, he confronted me on Saturday night morning when I came nine thirty, and he's like, "Oh, who are you? Who are you?" And I was such an asshole to him, and I was so fucking. Now it was nine thirty in the morning. I had been drinking. And I was a bit belligerent with the motherfucker. Because it was like, you don't even know her name. He's like, the girl, the girl, you live here. I'm like, I'm just, I shouldn't have confronted him. I was kind of a dick. But he's he's like literally stalking the tenants. And like yeah. every time you walk up and down, he pops out of nowhere and sits something. He, I mean, his cardigans are so nice. I say it's quite adorable, but I think he may have killed someone at some point. I'm just assuming. You know, his name is Benito. He owns buildings. I don't know. So it, things have been a little crazy here. But yes, it's warm. What's the weather like there in Iowa? <laughs> All right. So a nice lost. segue. Yeah. Benito, the uh, cardigan-wearing man, uh, would have to be wearing uh, um, more than one cardigan. Let's just say that. Um, he, uh, yeah. Um, the weather here is uh, is ridiculous. Uh, like, beyond, uh, it's, uh, it's, I can't even describe how ridiculously uh, cold it's been already. And we're, we haven't even gotten to the cold part yet. And uh, we, uh, we went from having no snow to suddenly having, I think, probably in the neighborhood of a foot and a half-ish of snow on the ground here right now. And uh, the I was looking at the uh, forecast. Well, it's starting to snow now, and it's supposed to snow like um, potentially between now and t- uh, tomorrow at some point, uh, about eight inches. Wow! And then um, it's going to warm. Oh, it will warm up though. I'm looking at the forecast. It's going to warm up tomorrow, uh, up into all the way up into the mid 20s, 25, 26 degrees. But then uh, Tuesday, uh, okay, okay, overnight Monday minus seven. Uh, Tuesday. High temperature minus four, and then this is two, this is Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit minus wow. four Fahrenheit. Good. So yes, so um, overnight Tuesday minus twenty eight Fahrenheit. <laughs> uh, Wednesday high temperature on Wednesday, high temperature minus seventeen, and overnight low minus twenty eight on Wednesday, and then on Thursday. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Did you say minus twenty eight? Minus twenty eight. We have two nights in a row where it's really? going to be uh, basically minus minus. Th- that's that's dangerous. In that range, that's dangerously yeah, cold. Well, yeah, it gets to the point where um, it is dangerous. There, there actually is a very sad story uh, here uh, locally that happened in a community not far from here. A little uh, kid, about thirteen years old, uh, I believe, uh, a couple nights ago, got in a fight with his mom and dad, and he decided to stomp off and leave the house in a in a uh, after they had some sort of a. a uh, I don't know, some sort of a fight, family fight thing. Uh, the kid took off and uh, w- apparently wasn't very far from home, decided to sit down in some wooded area and uh, just kind of did one of those uh, fuck you things and uh, froze to death. So, um, yeah, it's that cold. Uh, it's, you, you, yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah, you can't, can't mess around with it. Yeah, it's dangerous. But it's weird, though, when it gets to... When the when the when it gets to there's like I don't know where it's like minus five minus ten somewhere in that range um, it's it's not that much colder when you walk outside when it's minus thirty I've I've done it before and you're like oh this is it's yeah it's really cold when it's five below that's you know that's cold enough to to be that serious type of thing where if you if you're you know if you your car broke down or something you'd be in you'd be in trouble uh if you weren't prepared for it uh is that any worse than minus five or minus 30 worse than minus five maybe but uh when it gets that cold cold is cold and it's hard to uh i don't know it's a, it's a strange thing but yeah that's ridiculously cold so I don't know. The uh, uh, we've had the kids have been out of school a lot, and uh, they probably will be out of school. I would guess this most of this how come week. because of the snow because of the weather. Well, tomorrow it'll probably be because of the snow, and there's been it's been a combination of when it gets a certain temperature range, um, they the school buses uh, can't run, 
because they're uh, diesel engines. Diesel, and the diesel freezes up. Yeah, and they have problems Mm -hmm. with those. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and then they have so for the kids that are walking, it becomes a safety issue Mm -hmm. when when the temperature is too low. And I'm not sure that they've got a set temperature. You know, if if it gets to a certain you know minus whatever, that where they pull the trigger. But um, there's that to consider, and then there's just the uh, fact that the uh, school buses don't don't operate or can't operate. So I figure it's easier that uh, they and then the, so you, 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 if the, the buses aren't running, then you also would have the situation where okay, if those uh, kids can't get picked up, and they force those families into saying get your kids to school on your own, um, they couldn't either get there, which would be um, uh, an added hardship to their family that uh, they couldn't uh, you know couldn't take care of or. Uh, you would be putting the kids in an extra amount of danger. So uh, th- we're, we're just going to get into the situation where there's at the end of the year, they're going to have to do make good days. No, they, make, they make them up. Yeah. And so, um, mm. and then, but the teachers unions, the teachers contracts, um, the unions have contracts that say we can't go past no matter what happens with whatever, how many days you miss school because of weather, we're not going to go past a certain day. Mm-hmm. So th- they'll be going to school probably for an extra couple weeks. Wow. Um, Whoa. Uh, yeah, Whoa! Somewhere in that range. Yeah. Wow! How many days have they missed so far? Would you say? Oh, they missed. Uh, I think they missed four or five already. Wow! That's a lot. My kids would range. love that. They would be yeah. so happy. Yeah. So they're yeah, and, and they are happy. And it's it's God. I, my, okay. So Tori's driving. She's um, trying to convince a kid to walk out of the house with a coat on these days. It's like, you know, it's like they, they don't want to wear coats. You know, it's like, you know, what, what do I do? It doesn't look good. If, if, I, if, I, if I arrive at the basketball game, I, it wouldn't look cool if I, you know, if I had a coat. I I'm a thousand coat. percent with them. They are correct. I'm a thousand. I don't wear a coat. People that, that I work with all the time think I'm nuts. They I, think I'm, I'm the nuts. exact opposite. I'm the exact opposite. I, I hate them. Like, I am. I am in the. Uh, I'm in the mode right now where um, I am. I am dressing as if I am on the Antarctic uh, expedition, because basically it is. It's much warmer uh, mm-hmm. in Alaska right now. I, right. I checked the forecast. Today. Mm-hmm. Anchorage in that area, they've had great weather. We're, mm-hmm. We are. We have. We're the. We're the new. We're the new North Pole right here. And so fuck you, Alaska. Fuck you, uh, New York City. Fuck you, all you people, if you have nice weather. It's 115 degrees uh, uh, Fahrenheit. I saw uh, a couple days ago Mm -hmm. in Australia. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andrew Brown occasionally listens from uh, from Mm -hmm. Australia. Has he ever listened? Really? Yeah, occasionally. It's like like January 2018. Colin Flynn ventures out into the frozen tundra. Of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. That was the worst impression of that guy. That's not what that guy sounds like. <laughs> I dress up. I yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm uh, double it, double layer everything. I got the uh, the uh, woolen underwear, the long stuff, the 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 you know the everything, the smart wool socks. The I, I'm yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm. There's no way. I, I want to get uh, out and feel like I'm colder than I should be. I, I don't understand, the, you know, the, the theory. And I'm also I've just, I'm, I'm, the, the old school thing with your parents back in the day used to try to scare the hell out of you. You know, what if the car breaks down? You'll die. Okay. Back in those days, people, obviously, they didn't have phones in their pocket. And so that maybe there was more of an opportunity if you got into trouble back in the day. Cars also weren't as reliable as they are now, you know. So um, I can understand uh, the kids uh, being a little more... Uh, carefree, a little more cavalier, thinking if okay, if the car dies, I just get on the phone, and you know, 20 seconds later, I'm gonna have uh, either my parents or Uber or somebody's gonna be here to rescue me. But I'm not gonna sit in this car and you know, wait for the tow truck and mm-hmm. uh, and get cold. That yeah, that that doesn't occur to them. Um, and and in some ways, some disgusted, uh, sort of disgusting. Uh, I in some way, I, I kind of wish, I kind of wish. <laughs> I wish they'd get cold. I almost wish that you know. There's the, you know. I don't know. I, I'm I'm projecting my my fucked up. You know the things that would have happened as as a as a as a youth a youth of my age. Um, some of those things, the hardships that we had. I, I don't know why I would project that onto somebody today and wish that they could suffer the you know, the, the same way or have the same fears, the same uncertainties, the same the same things that would could happen to them. That's 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 a fucked up way of thinking. I realize that, but in some ways, I kind of wish. I kind of wish it would. <laughs> yeah, I, 
I, I, I, I don't. John Craig's driving around in his, you know, with his, with his uh, jogger pants on and no, no socks in the middle of the winter. You know? It's like I, I, I don't. I just even with my kids, I don't see it that way. I'm like, I don't see it that way myself. Not just because I don't wear fucking. I, I sit in a fucking van all day. I sit in a warm van. So when I go out. I'm Would like, your practical father would want to slap you in the back of the head and say, put some socks on. What the hell is the matter with I that? I don't not wear socks. That's just douchey. What am I, fucking Miami Vice? Fuck like that you, shit. You're, 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 not, you're not with, you, you got your jogger pants on, you, you got no socks, you're wearing fucking uh, Toms, those ridiculous I don't wear toms. fucking Toms. You're making me seem so much douchier than I actually am. <laughs> I know we haven't met in real life, but uh, apparently that's how you yeah. see me now. All right. So now I'm sure you you have uh, practical practical clothing <coughs> items on. No, I don't. Me. I actually <laughs> there's my, a place. My wife gives my wife gives me shit because I I will buy a coat at the drop of a hat. I mean, mm-hmm. I, mean I, I will walk into some place and if there's like I see something that's like some sort of a uh, and she she's like, why don't you buy another black coat? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, like 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 a winter coat. Yes, like I was, and and I'm kind of pissed off because I've got a uh, I've got this uh, and I brought this on myself, but we've got uh, we've got a Labrador Retriever that and Labrador Retrievers shed like crazy, and the one that we've got has very white hair, um, and so at our house you can't really have uh, you can't really have like a wool anything wool, otherwise you're always you know using the the little sticky thing to try to get the hair off of you before you leave the house, and I don't want to walk around with being you know how sometimes you're like in a line at the grocery store or something and you look over and somebody's got like cat hair all over them and you're like what the fuck dude you know or, or <laughs> usually, usually it's a woman right um, you know or, or yeah there's some sort of hair thing i'm not going to be that person so therefore i've got a if I, I, I would like to have more coats is what i'm saying i would like to have uh, a nice uh, uh wool overcoat of some sort that was you know really heavy and 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 massive that sort of thing i, I like those but uh, i'd be walking around here all over myself all the time i'd look like a fool i look like a i uh, look like a bum um so i can't do that but i do buy i've got i've got a lot of jackets i have a lot of coats i, I, I figure you should have a a jacket or a coat for every occasion if if need be um so yeah i've got too many um, I've got some that um, I know that a, uh, it, it will be. It's, sometimes it's a joyous, it's a joyous occasion where I will see a certain weather condition happen, and I realize I have the exact coat for it, and that coat will only be good for that day. But I don't have to worry because I have the correct coat. And uh, <laughs> it's like it's March. There's a cold, wet rain, and I want to go for a jog, and. Uh, I can go to my into my closet and I can pull out this uh, exact. It's not really. It's it's like a shell thing that's um, made for mountaineering, and it's uh, completely waterproof yet breathable. It has the the vented breathing things on it. It's got a uh, hood that has a little uh, bill on it, like the uh, added bill thing onto it. Something's used for for uh, exped- expeditions, uh, mm-hmm. for professional expeditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, I want to know that on that one day. When I need that, when it's when it's that certain temperature, when it's forty-eight degrees and there's a cold rain, but I still want to go out and do something outdoors, I want to know that I'm going to be comfortable, and so I've got that coat. I and just I, I haven't been able to find those coats. I want to be able to accessorize and find stuff that worked with the clothing that I wear when I go to work. And 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 on Friday we were shooting down. Um, this is I wasn't shooting. I drive a van. I don't shoot. Okay, even though my work colleagues the other theatrical teamsters my bosses the politically incorrect ones that are they they uh they they refer to me as the director um because of my look you know there is this a they're they're mocking your basically yes they're taking the piss out of me by calling me the director because of my warby parker glasses my salt and pepper beard my full head of hair my collar my whatever i'm like outside of hair makeup and wardrobe and the talent i'm probably the best dressed person and all i do is wear jeans uh, decent shoes a button-down shirt and a fucking blazer Okay, it's and, nothing and the special. The blazer's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and last week I had to pick up someone, uh, a makeup artist, and the makeup artist needed to, it was an urgent or emergency trip to CVS to pick up makeup for one of the actresses, like specifically for the show. And when she came downstairs, she got into the she got into the like the like the second row bench seat of my of my car, you know, and of the van, and she said, "You were described as the well dressed teamster 
Now, on this particular day, <laughs> I was wearing like this, like almost like Carhartt button-down short sleeve shirt, you know, like kind of work shirt, right? Jeans and fucking like Converse, you know. And she's like, "I'm not impressed." I'm like, "The fucking this is the only day I've ever dressed like this, and this is the day that I was described <laughs> as the well-dressed team." Sir, fuck all y'all. Like, I was like, I was like, "How about <laughs> it's just, casual Friday? I'm dressing down like, here." I would, I would have described me. Uh, he's the guy that doesn't look like a teamster, and he wears Warby Parker glasses, and he has a, and he kind of looks like a writer or a director, but he's still a teamster, and he's a douchebag. Um, you know, uh, but not the, don't say the West, because you don't know how I'm dressed on this particular day. Nobody sees me. They were in fucking hair and makeup, and up on set. I'm in a van. They don't know. It shouldn't really matter. What so I, I raised the bar, and then, and then it was like, I'm not impressed. Well, that's good. Now I want to fuck you. Well, I didn't say that out loud. Did I say that? I love it. I love a little back and forth little lady. Um, yeah, I like being insulted by women. This is one of the actresses? No, no, this was a makeup artist. A makeup artist, you mm-hmm, said mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. All right, well. No, no, it was fine, it's fine, but tomorrow, but, it, but on Friday, so when we were shooting in Manhattan, we started late, we had a noon call time, a noon crew call time. Typically, when that happens, I would pick up around 11 or 11.30, but uh, the creator of the show had to go into a production meeting in the office at like 9 o'clock, 9.30, so I was on the clock starting at 9.30. I did not finish until 3 a.m., I spent most of my time sitting in a van doing nothing. Maybe I did like three things during the day. There is a place called Century 21 or C21. It's a department store in New York City. Very, very low prices for like designer stuff. It's all made in China or in Bangladesh or whatever. And I went in and looked at winter coats and I found a bunch that were so close. Uh, Calvin Klein, Tommy Hilfiger, and whatever. But it was like, I could never find my size, which I'm basically a medium. The small was almost there, but my big fat torso, like you zip it up, it's too tight and too tight in the shoulders. Large was too not form fitting and big. And, I, and like I had one of those frozen tundra, you know, there was one, there was a Calvin Klein one that had this. You know, the, the hoodie with the faux fur and the whole thing. I was like, this one's good. It's black. I like this. This is nice. And I had had people giving me shit for not having coats. And I'm like, well, I'm here. I spent like a good two hours shopping. I ended up buying like three pairs of slacks, like uh, non-jeans, two button-down shirts, pair of like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they were Kenneth Cole shoes or something, like little shoe boots. And, uh, but no coat, no coat because it's January. Most of the mediums are sold out because I guess people are just kind of, that's their size, you know? Anybody so. with sense has already bought their coat. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I don't have sense. Well, I don't have sense and I don't always have money. Now I have money. I'm going to soon run out of that money because my job is going to end in a week and a half. No more. And- what, what are we finding out about? Uh, is there uh, any uh, prospects past that? One? Well, there's television pilot season. Well, well, the, the TV show Crashing starts soon. I would love to work on that. I'd be very happy to work on that. Mm-hmm. That would be like a dream. Like that would be a dream job for me. I'd How does a- that happen? Do you have to uh, just? Um, wait with the union type thing, or well, it, it's a it's a it's a union thing. Like, even though I'm working for two bosses who are in it. It's not like they can go and, and, and choose me, right? It's more like, I don't think so. You know, I think it's up to the union hall, right? Like, so they sort of, you know, people aren't available because guys that they've worked with who are like full-fledged union members are already on a job. So they have X number. Like, it's highly unlikely I work with the same group of guys again. I mean, one or two or three, but not an entire crew. Right. 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 Like the job is not going to me first. It's going to the guys that have their quote unquote book who have been doing it for a minimum of six years, usually eight or 10 years. Um, I'm decent at the job. I understand it. But at the same time, it's not going to me. So it's it's really just going to be how busy is it? You know, and so February tends to be television pilot season. So that's when. You know, NBC, all of the networks, NBC, WB, you know, and then in addition to that, you have Netflix, 
Amazon, you have fucking Apple now, you've got YouTube. Yeah. And but it's more than networks where they do they've they've green lit a an idea and give you money to shoot a pilot. You finish the pilot and you then present you edit it and you present it to the network and then they make a decision based on the market, what other shows are out, what kind of shows they have that are similar. Are we gonna give it more money for, you know, a back nine? nine more episodes or whatever and that's what this show is like this show did the they finished their pilot last march nbc liked it and gave them nine more episodes total of 10 episodes you know so the guy who created it is is you know editing up to episodes five and six the network is giving them notes back and forth maybe we shoot additional scenes they want to make some changes with the storylines the characters for an entire like uh, a host of reasons and then on march 12th 2019 which is a tuesday night after the tv show this is us airs at nine o'clock episode one of the village will air then the following week episode two of the village will air at 10 o'clock third week the season finale of this is us which is a very successful popular show i don't know much about it Season episode three will air. Then the following week, this TV show, The Village, that I'm working on, will take the place of This Is Us at the nine o'clock time slot. And then the hope, of course, for everyone involved, NBC and and the guy that created it, and the people and the actors and actresses, hope that the This Is Us audience gives a shit about this show and watches the next seven episodes. It's a crapshoot. It's a lot of money being spent to hope that it all works out. So after you, after this gig stops, you'll uh, just kind of wait around for the phone to ring, or how does it work? Not exactly. So so uh, I will. I think what is going to happen. It's not something I've done in the past. Is that I will text my information to one or two guys at the union, the theatrical teams, your local eight seventeen union hall. This is John Craig, and I am available on, you know, uh, Monday, the 11th, February 11th. And then every day I'll text, I'm available. And I may never hear back from them. And then one day they'll be like, they'll send me an in, they'll send me information. They'll send me, like, a guy's name, like the transportation captain, the boss, phone number. Text this guy, blah, blah, blah. Then I will text that guy, and he'll say, like, okay, um, you start tomorrow morning, 2 a.m., you're going out to Greenpoint, Brooklyn, to Hertz Entertainment Services to pick up a van, and then you're reporting here and picking up so-and-so, right? Okay. And that may only be one day of work, you know? And and it would be like that for a while. It's basically called, uh, quote-unquote, shaping, right? Like, you're just you're letting them know you're available, and if there's work, they go down the list. I don't know how that works, and then you're working or you're not working. Cool. All right. You know, well, so, good luck. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm starting to get a little nervous and anxious about it because I'm going to go from being fairly well compensated for my time, more than twice as much than I was when I was doing Uber and Lyft. Right. So the minute I get in my van to the minute I finish, I'm on the clock. And and now I'm gonna possibly go back to being at home, home being my ex-wife's pool house, and taking care of the kids, driving them around, and sort of giving them money that I don't have anymore because I'm not making the same kind of money. Like I will, you know, I'm I'm sure I'll do Uber, Lyft, and whatever to make money, but that's not. It's a hustle. It's a different kind of hustle. So and and I haven't used my downtime in the van to do much of anything like productive like right like i'm getting paid by these people but i have downtime make something edit something anything come up with an idea write a script be the boss so most of the time when when there's nothing going on you're just kind of twiddling your thumbs and Hmm, no not necessarily i mean there's a social aspect of this job because there's one guy in this job who owns two bar restaurants and he's been a bartender since he came to the united states um he came in like 84, 85 when he was around 21 and he was a bartender in the 80s and then you know he owns these two bar and restaurants he's owned as many as four and he's just a 
very friendly Irish guy who has been in the service industry, and you know, we end up I end up talking to him a lot, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I've edited a couple of things here and there, but I haven't used the time as wisely as I can. I'm not very good at napping in the van. Some guys are. I suck at it. You know. Yeah, I think that would be a little rough, probably. Yeah, I mean, I have a blanket and a pillow but it's like and, and that's the kind of thing where you got to be kind of discreet about that while it's everybody understands it's a thing we don't have we don't have uh rules for turnaround right so the other um you know unions um you if you finish at midnight you can't come back to work before 10 a.m otherwise they have to pay like um pay additional money in it because you're invading their turnaround you need it 10 hours. The actors, it's 12 hours, you know, so there'll be some sort of fine. If you finish at midnight, you can't bring the actor in before noon. Hmm. Okay. And if you do, you're going to pay a fine. Now it'll be a nominal thing, like a thousand, but at the same time, all of those sort of penalties, it's not to make the money for these unions. It's to protect against, you know, unsafe situations and just like, you know, you need some downtime. It's kind of ridiculous. The whole hours thing, you know, how many we put in and you know you can't really it's hard to have a life during the week when you're working but again you're not digging ditches <laughs> you know, it's not that bad no you're not no so just, i don't know i don't know yeah but wearing your uh, fancy sport coat around <laughs> that's right that's who i am now how are, now are you in a good place though i mean in terms of your health and where your head's at and back to work and yeah, yeah. Actually, it's like I said. I think this is the uh, last step in, in a uh, process that went on for a while, where, while they try to dial this in and figure it out. But uh, yeah, I mean, they've given me the green light to pretty much, uh, you know, just go ahead and uh, get after it the way you normally would. So uh, basically, got the uh, got the problem. Well, sounds like pretty well fixed, and uh, just yeah, move ahead. So and I'm, now, had you done research, or had they prepared you with, here's what to expect, here's how this usually goes, here's statistics to, you know, after doing this procedure, and then, like, is it just, like, at that point, it doesn't come back, it's done if it's successful? It's fairly new uh, as far as uh, this, this procedure, the way they've been doing this dual procedure where they do the inside-outside uh, approach. Um Really, for the most part, it's been going on at various locations for about in the United States uh, for about four years, uh, somewhere in that range. So they're they're trying to uh, they're they're still gathering information as to how effective and how permanent it is. So they're they're not giving you any uh, any solid answers you know, as far as saying you're absolutely fixed. They can't do that. But uh, the uh, efficacy, the uh, um, they feel is uh, the success rate is probably in the range of about 90% for uh, everything I've had done as far as them feeling like uh, the, you know, the AFib's not going to return uh, at this point. So, hmm. yeah, looks good. Um, it's, I've come around feeling as far as, uh, you know, everything uh, health-wise as far as the way I feel and all that. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, I, I think I it recovered pretty quickly. Um, I am bitching about the weather, just uh, you know, uh, but at the same, and I, that I feel like if it was, I, I wish it was nicer out right now, so I could be a little more uh, active and uh, be, uh, I, I don't know, just feel like I could get out of the house a little bit more. But nobody's doing that around here right now. It's, it's got nothing to do with health, so um, it, it is what it is. And probably, you know, in a, in a way, it's probably good that it's maybe. Um, it's it's causing me to to just kind of back off and relax for a little bit more than I probably would have uh, normally. Otherwise, I'm not trying to go down to the I, I, I could I'm not going to go down to the health club here for you know for the next week. I'm sure until the weather gets decent because unlike John Craig, I want to have my coat on. I want to be warm. I don't want to be out there in the uh, in the cold weather trying to mess with whatever. So I'm I'm going to play it close to close to home for the next uh, week or so and just kind of let it heal let it let it uh, do what it's supposed to do but yeah i feel good and it feels good um, so you're there. good i think i'm there i think and I'm your there. job's cool with everything time off you have it it's <laughs> yeah, good i've got a ridiculous amount of uh of uh, time off available to me uh per year like uh uh, close to eight weeks that i could take off wow. per year um and so you know i only I only took off a couple of days uh, so far with with this whole thing, which uh, yeah, uh, I'll be I'll be fine there. So 
Yeah, healing up for the, the next big work thing is not until April, and uh, as far as traveling goes, that sort of thing. So, I'll be, uh, I'll be, yeah, everything will be completely healed by then. Right now, I just got to let the uh, the incision that they put in me just uh, let that get to where it's, you know, it's only a weekend right now, so I've got a ways to go for that to feel like it's healed up and and, and normal feeling. But uh, it's it's doing well. I'm good. I'm good healer. <laughs> it's what's weird though because they don't bandage anything now it's like they, they just i guess apparently it's worse to bandage something uh i expected you know walk out with a big big bandage going on but they're like nah we leave it open and no stitches you know they, they glue it shut and don't put a band-aid on even so anyway no it's yeah. good um you know as i mentioned before that today is sunday january 27th 2019 we're one week away from the super bowl Oh, yeah. So yesterday, uh, Saturday um, afternoon, around 3 o'clock after being out until, like, <laughs> vampire night there, <laughs> zombie, I I get in my van and I call my friend, my friend Vinny. So Vinny and I went to high school together. Um, he has a very uh, good job at uh, a one of the big banks, okay? And he's at the private bank, so he's investing for very wealthy people, Um very, very wealthy people, um, the one percenters for real. And, uh, and I literally just get in my van and now my friend is going through a, a separation divorce. And so I hadn't, I hadn't really checked in with him. So I just called him up and the minute he answers the phone and I haven't talked to him in like three weeks, he says, are you in? I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm in my van driving home. What's up? What are you doing? He's like, are you going to go? I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? He's like, do you, are you going to go to the Super Bowl? Like, I don't know what you're talking about like i don't think i'm gonna so he's like you know I, I called up and he called up our other good friend from high school and uh apparently he's got a super bowl ticket that i wouldn't have to pay for really yeah it's in atlanta right so yeah. i don't it's very it's highly unlikely that i go first of all i'm working on monday february 4th the super bowl is on february 3rd i would have to get my way to atlanta and i would need to get back before the morning of the fourth or and or talk to my bosses but it would still be really expensive the flight's got to be stupid expensive right mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm sure there's you know, plenty of flights of it available you would think between atlanta i would think i don't know about coming back though and then when's yeah. the game over the game's up you know it's not a long flight from atlanta to new york but at the same time i haven't looked into stuff so i gotta let them know tomorrow whether or not i'll go i don't think i'll end up going yeah this this is for me the um maybe the least excited i've ever been about a, a super bowl i it, it uh was well i watched the it's been a weird week because i've watched a ton of fucking tv with this whole thing that i've you know going on with the medical stuff and uh so i i did watch uh somewhere it's kind of a blur i don't even remember what day it was but anyway i watched the uh the game with the uh the, the rams and the uh, saints and that was uh a debacle of uh the officiating was uh, mm-hmm. really really uh should they should have done something about that officiating as far as i think officially and, and people are like oh you can't go back and correct it after the game is over but that was so egregiously uh poor that it and i'm i'm looking at this like i've heard some uh, there was I, somebody from the ufc was talking about this one of the uh i don't know if it was one of the commentators or somebody i, I, I saw a tweet that uh was basically the next day was saying it's rigged and i almost think it is i, I do mm-hmm. I, th- I think if you get to the point in the season where there's so much money there's so much cash being laid and you've got a sport that uh is in uh, is a, a sport where you can have uh, a decision that swings the game one way or the other in that fashion with that much money on the on the line. I just you know, there's no proof of that whatsoever, uh, but um, that whole thing was just uh, ridiculous. It was it was poor. Uh, and uh, so should the Rams be playing? No, absolutely not. They they didn't they they should should not have uh, game should not have gone that way. Should have been the Saints. And uh, I just I the Patriots are like for me are like. Oh. 
you know that's I, I i'm not a new england guy I never have been and and uh they're, they're probably gonna win uh, I, I would guess but uh i don't care <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh i don't know i'm not sure and I, I i i was gonna say about watching it I, I don't know that i'll watch any of it i probably won't i'm not sure that i will either but i mean the idea of going to super bowl going, seems awesome maybe I, I understand the idea if i could yeah, if somebody said going to a super bowl there's there's certain things you know the world series you know if you get uh, any sort of uh, you know, tickets to a World Series, would you go, uh, whether you like the teams or not? Probably, yeah, you probably mm-hmm. would. Uh, Super Bowl, I can understand why somebody, you know, would, uh, would want to see it. Um, yeah, it. Yeah, I get that, so. And, and, and did you binge watch anything else? Did you watch anything exciting other than crashing season one, some not-so-good officiating for the NFL? Uh, yeah, I've watched some things. I'm trying to remember what... Um, you were talking earlier about uh, TV shows. Um, I started watching, uh, actually, a network TV show that was, I think is uh, pretty well-written and uh, was, uh, for me... Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Um, it, it reminded me of what, okay, um, you know, Bill Burr's got that um, F is for Family. Yeah, yeah, I thing. watched the first um, season. I didn't uh, love it, but yeah. I, I didn't love it either, um, and I thought I would because I like Bill Burr a lot. I do too. And uh, the idea of what he was wanting to do, um, it was right in my wheelhouse of, yep, yep. you know, of, of you know, the, I feel a lot of times when he talks about the way he was raised and the way his, his mm-hmm. parents were and all mm-hmm. of that, even though I'm not from Boston, I'm from the Midwest. Right. But um, similar, yeah, really, similar. I mean, he's younger than you are, but similar generation, similar yeah, yeah. parenting style yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I relate mm-hmm. to a lot of mm-hmm. what, he's, mm-hmm. what he's talking about. He's a smart guy. He's a thoughtful guy, but he's like a guy guy. It's like there's a lot going on with that background and growing up and being part of the yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, so, the, anyway, the show is called, which I think it, what I was g- getting to, um, it reminds me of that show. F is for family. It's not animated. It's an action mm-hmm. live it's, action. Yes. Live action thing. It's called the kids are all right. I've heard of it, it's, but I don't know. And I'm not talking about the Who song. I I, I know, but I, I don't know much about it. It's uh, ABC, and uh, I'm not sure what that's on because I've been watching it on Hulu. But it's an ABC thing, and I think that the director, producer, I think he's um, the guy had something to do. Um, I think he's been in some big stuff like Roseanne and some other stuff like that. Um, uh, uh, Bill, is it the the guy that did Scrubs? Uh, uh, he's a big guy. He, he narrates it. I know he's the he's the guy that does the narration. Really? Let's see. Um, uh, and the kids are all right, and. Uh, so anyway, it's it's narrated it's, it's, by Tim Doyle. I don't know, I, huh? Yeah, Tim Doyle is the guy. Yeah, and he's a, he can Sports tell Night. I remember Sports Night. So Ellen, American television producer and television writer, is Dinosaurs, which was an underrated show, bizarre show. Roseanne, Grace Under Fire, Ellen, Sports Night, Still Standing, The Big Bang Theory, Better Off Ted, Rules of Engagement, and Last Man Standing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, this is written more from kind of a midwestern uh, sort uh-huh. of perspective. There, uh, there was one show that I was laughing at because I had, I had completely fucking forgot about, uh, and I, I hadn't thought about this in years. But there, there was a scene where the family uh, was uh, they're they're getting ready to go to church. It's a Sunday morning, and they're going to church. And mom is uh, telling everybody that there was the, uh, the time that they have to stop eating before church. Because you had to quit eating an hour before church, mm-hmm, or you mm-hmm. couldn't go to. Uh, Why was that exactly? I don't fuck it. I don't know. Did it have something to do with like, you know, receiving the host, the body yes, of Christ? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's something like you can't go in the pool after eating. Like you got to wait an hour before you go in the pool, and I'd be like, no, no, you got to separate like fucking like steakums or a TV <laughs> dinner from yeah. Jesus. Like yes, you're gonna you, you're gonna take Jesus into your mouth. Yes, so okay. if you're going to be e- eating, yeah. and I remember, I remember on Sunday we always went mm-hmm. to uh, a lot of times went to early mass mm-hmm. and uh, ate after mass because mm-hmm. it was easier to do that than to try to eat earlier, and they nobody wanted to wait longer. So right. mass was was this uh, thing that was uh, part of it was about eating. It was like well, okay, if we're going to go to a certain time, it's because you know we want to we don't want to deprive ourselves of chow too much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and have to worry about it. But I do remember some mornings where, we, you know, something was goofed up and we were going to a different time, uh, you know, a different mass at a different time. And I remember, you know, this big deal about, you know, you got to make sure, you know, it's all right, if, if it's a 8, 8 a.m. mass, you know, if you're eating some breakfast, you got to get up early and eat and be done eating by 7 a.m. Otherwise, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't do it. Jesus is going to, I don't know, curdle in your stomach or something. I'm not <laughs> sure what the fucking, I have what the, and I, I 
I'm guessing that that went away at some point. I don't remember when they quit uh, paying attention to that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they don't don't do it exactly that way anymore. But it was yeah, it was a funny scene. It's it's the the whole thing is it's it's well written. It's uh, the guy does a good job with it. But uh, I, and I've seen a f- I don't know. I'm trying to think what I have seen. Um, I, I can't give you any any long binges that that uh, particularly stand well, out. Uh, I have one for you. I'm gonna highly recommend it. I'm gonna give you homework. Okay. It's called Room 104. Okay. On HBO. It's an anthology series. Okay. It's not quite like um, uh, Black Mirror, but similar in some ways. But what I love about the show is it's, 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 it's a motel in Room 104. Every episode takes place there. You can watch. There are two seasons. I want to say there's at least 20 episodes, possibly 24 um, and uh, I watched the very first one I watched was Michael Shannon. So Michael Shannon, who played the, the remember that the, the Shape of Water. Michael Shannon has been in a lot of stuff. Pretty intense guy, and uh, he plays a Russian, a very wealthy, like important Russian guy who comes to America and meets a date, someone he's been communicating with for uh, a long time. And it's a really awkward date, and his accent is called. It's it's bizarre. I can't even explain how. And and every episode is sort of similar in in that it's bizarre and crazy shit happens. Like if you owned this motel, you would like put you would put police tape on room one hundred and four and never rent it out again and be like the thirteenth floor because crazy shit happens. But it's the one with um, Rain Wilson from uh, the American version of The Office is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not for everyone, that's for sure. Um, I think you might like it. Uh, not every episode works, but you just got to feel it out. But a uh, pretty good cast. James Van- Vanderbeek from Dawson's Creek is in one. That one's really good. Uh, I liked it. But uh, yeah, let me know if you end up watching any of it. If you're still in the binge-watching mood, let me know what you think. I will check it out. Yeah, I saw a movie last night that was uh, one of the better... Uh, I was thinking of you during the movie, uh, as a matter of fact, because it's it was a uh, a caper heist kind of movie thing. Hmm. Which one? And it's, uh, it's a movie called Den of Thieves. It's from uh, 2018. So uh, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, Den of Thieves. I I don't know if this was actually in the in the theaters for long or if at all, but uh, really well done. It's got uh, Gerard Butler is the <laughs> and f- and Fifty Cent. And Fifty Cent is in there, and there's another actor in there. I'm trying huh. to figure what. The, there's another dude in there that uh, plays. Uh, I'm trying to. Let me look this up. Just a second here. Um, O'Shea Jackson. Plays, um, uh, Pablo Schreiber. Yeah, he's a really good actor. I've seen him in some things. This this dude is really, really an excellent actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it's a caper movie, and there's a, a, there's hmm. a guy in there that's a, a driver, uh, and they they you know they got to recruit you know the the dude to drive mm-hmm. I was remembering my uh, my advice to you which was if you could hook up with a crew like this uh, they all end up dead pretty much sorry I had that moment again I did it I did it like I did a couple of weeks ago where I just shut down and that I don't remember what that was but yeah I was looking up uh, to see if that uh, Liev Schreiber was his brother that Pablo Schreiber <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Let's let Mr. Big Voice take us out. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed Unbecoming of Age. Bonus content at unbecomingofage.com. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Find us on social media at Unbecoming of Age. And sometimes when we talk.